0: Into this world and died for us, that we might have life. You know, I'm privileged to travel quite a lot, and sometimes that's a privilege. Sometimes when you're sitting on a plane, you wonder whether it's a privilege. But, uh, you know, seeing God at work in different places gives you a perspective sometimes on things that are going on around the world. That's different if you're just in one place. And I believe that we are living in incredibly exciting times. You know, they are challenging times, but they are exciting times. You know, I believe that creation is looking for the children of God to become everything that we're meant to be. You know, Paul wrote to the Romans and he said, All creation waits with eager longing for the children of God To be revealed. Creation is looking for you to become everything that God intended you to be. And I find that exciting. I was ministering in a crusade and an eagle just started flying over my head. And I looked up and I thought, he's waiting. He's looking, he's waiting to see what God is going to do through his son in this place at this time. And I want to tell you, wherever you go, creation is looking to see what God is going to do through you as sons and daughters of the living God. You know, we didn't come into the kingdom and that was the end of it. That's the beginning of our journey. That's the beginning of our life with Christ. Creation wants us to become everything that God meant us to be. You know, the Bible teaches us we are in this world, but we are not of this world. You know, that is good news when you look around and see that's all that's going on in this world at the moment. You know, we are not of this world. We do not need to respond the way the world is responding to things that are going on around them. We are in a different kingdom. You know, we are sons and daughters of a king. Now, I remember years ago, I was walking out of the the place where my parents had retired to, the retirement village they were in. And as I walked out, God said to me, are you a son or are you a slave? And I thought about that question, you know, for a while. And I thought, oh, we're all bond servants. You know, Paul encourages us that we're servants of Christ. But then something welled up from deep down in here. And it said, no, I'm a son of the living God. You know, just turn to the person next to you and say, you're a son or a daughter of the living God. You know, we don't need to panic about world recession because we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And you know, the Bible says, if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, All the things that we need to live life to the full, because you know Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. You know, I've been to some churches recently where I would have thought, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more miserably. You know, you're not one of those, I hope, you know, because, you know, you look out when you're preaching and they're looking, well, just impress us, will you? (laughs) You know, or well get it over with you know and there's no joy and Jesus came and said I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly regardless of whether there are wars rumors of wars whether there are recession whatever God wants us to have life and have that life more abundantly we're called to be represent Jesus here on earth. I like the way Bill Johnson puts that. He said, we're not called to be representatives of Jesus. We're called to represent Jesus. You know, you are the only Jesus some people will ever see. Just think about that for a moment. We're called to represent Jesus, wherever we go, whatever we are doing. So we're called to be different. I believe we're called to be a people who are naturally supernatural. You know, we don't have a church life and a secular life. We have a life that is in Christ, And that is wherever we are, whether we are at a meeting or whether we are at work, whether we're shopping, whatever we're doing, we're called to be spiritual men and women. And we're called to be naturally supernatural. You know, Acts 10, verse 37 to 38 tells us, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism, John proclaimed... How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And I just want to pick up on that last bit of that passage. It says, Jesus was able to do these things, go around doing good, healing the sick, because of one thing... God was with him. If you turn that around, you could read that, if God is with you, these things will be happening around you. A sign of God's presence was that when Jesus went around doing good, he was also able to move in power and set people free from sickness And those who were oppressed by the devil, the devil left them. You know, somebody came up to me recently and said, the devil's really giving me a hard time. I said, Why? Why do you allow that? They said, Well, Tim, under the I said, what are you doing? Under the circumstances. We're meant to rule over the circumstances. And the devil shouldn't be giving us a hard time. I tell you, he stopped giving me a hard time a long time ago. Because you know, when he turned up in my life, he found he got a nosebleed. <laughs> you know, I give him what he deserves and get on with what God wants me to do. You know, We shouldn't get caught under the circumstances. God wants us to be men and women who rule over our circumstances. You know, the sign of God's presence with Jesus was that he moved in power. I think I might have told you this last time I was here, but we were walking out of McDonald's once. And uh, I was coming out of McDonald's, and that scripture came through my head. Jesus went around doing good, and I thought, I saw this old man bent over like this, and he was carrying his shopping, and I said to him, can I carry your shopping, sir? And it was a basement McDonald's, there were steps up. Did I tell you this story? You did. You know it. And he got healed because God wanted to work, you know. The thing that amazes me about the New Testament is most of the miracles happen outside of the church, just in everyday life. Did you hear the one out of Bill Johnson's church? But The guy who was on the plane, and he's sitting on a plane, and I I really relate to it because I've sat on a few planes with people that are fidgety beside you, you know. And this lady was fidgeting and he's going, oh, God, you know, I've got eight hours flight on this plane, Lord, with this woman fidgeting. And God says to him, she's hurt her back. And if you pray for her, she'll get healed. And then you won't have her fidgeting. So he he looks at her and he gets chatting and he says to her, excuse me, madam, have you hurt your back? And she said, yes. I'm in constant pain. He said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. He prayed for her and she was slain in the spirit and fell out into the aisle. The stewardess walked along, and she looked at the woman in the aisle, and she said, is there a problem? And the guy sort of, um, I don't think so. You know? And he explained what had just happened. By this time, the woman was coming around, and she got up. She, All the pain's gone from my back. The stewardess looks at him and said, can you pray for my knee? I fell over on the way to the airport. I've got to be standing for eight hours And my knee is in agony. So he prays for her knee. Immediately, she's healed. Three rows back, there's another man who sees this going on and says, Excuse me, can you pray for my back? Because I'm in pain as well. So he's praying for her, him, and while he's praying for him, he hears an announcement come across the tannoy or the plane. This is 35,000 feet in the air, you know. And the announcement is if you want prayer, please come to the kitchen between first class and economy, because we can't have you falling in the aisle. God wants us to be a naturally supernatural people, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. You know, I'm looking every time I get on a plane. If the man or lady next to me is fidgeting, I'm watching. Are they in pain? Do you want to do something, God? You know, because there's power in a testimony as well. You hear a story and I'm thinking, I want to see that healing meeting on the aeroplane, on the way wherever I'm going. God wants us to be those people. You know, everything that's written in this book is not there for our entertainment. It's there to show us how our God works. And what he wants to do in us and through us. Amen? Yeah. You know, I, I used to go to Sri Lanka a lot. And I went and I used to laugh with people. I said, I'm, I'm coming here because it's a nice hot country. And you get a long shadow. And I'm looking to have a shadow ministry. You know, it said that they went around and Peter's shadow fell on the sick and they got healed. You know, it never happened. I went for 20 years and my shadow never healed anyone. And then I'm in a gypsy makala in the back end of Bulgaria. It's minus 15 outside. They've got one 40 watt light bulb. And I've just made a gospel presentation and a number of people have come forward. And one man comes forward, and he's looking happier than all the others. And he's standing quite close to me. And I know that God's doing something more than just saving him. And I looked at him, I said, excuse me, sir, what's going on? And he said, well, this is the first time I've ever been to church. He said, but I heard your message, and I wanted Jesus in my life. He said, but when I came out here and stood in your shadow, all the pain left my body. You know, I limited God to sunshine. He could do it with a 40 watt barely shadow. You know, the God we worship will not be limited. He's greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen? Yeah. You know, you look at the New Testament, and you can't help but be impacted by the level of supernatural activity that was going on there. You know, there were healings, there were miracles, people had dreams, visions, trances. Supernaturally, they were transported. They had angelic visitations. When they got put in prison, God let them out. There was no end of supernatural activity. And I believe that those same things should be happening now. If we are disciples of Jesus, it says these signs will follow the white English evangelist. No? Who will they follow? Sorry? Who's a believer here this morning? Who should these signs be following then? Point to someone. Yeah. These signs should be following each and every one of us. You know, Peter had it walked down the street and his shadow fell on people. You just imagine that. If you're from Greenwich here, you know, you're walking down Greenwich High Street and your shadow starts falling on people. and they suddenly? Wow I experienced that. I tell you, it's not difficult to preach the gospel when God's power is moving in you and through you. You know, I, I, I was in, involved in a revival at one point down in Bulgaria. And I want to tell you, we saw 800 people come to know Jesus in a 10-day period. But I want to tell you the reason that happened was because every night there were healings and miracles People came from all around. They started coming in their busloads from all the surrounding area into our tent because they'd heard what God was doing. You know, when those first disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, it was said of them that they had turned the world upside down. You know, God wants us to be a people who turn this world upside down. We are to be a supernaturally, nat- supernatural, naturally supernatural people. You know, I was in America a, a, a while back, and I was sat out at, outside at this church's prayer room, and a young man walked up to me, and he said, "Excuse me, sir, are you in pain?" and for a long time, every time I sat in an airplane for any length of time, for days afterwards, I'd have back problems. And this young man walked up and he said, are you in pain? I said, yes, I am. I said, why do you ask? He said, I was praying this morning and God told me to come down to the church and there would be a blonde haired man sitting outside the prayer room who had damaged his back and needed me to minister to him. This young man, was not just talking to God. He was listening to the God who created him. And then when he heard, he took the bother to travel across town to come to the church building and to find the prayer room and to walk up. He came up and he prayed with me, and I have never had another day's pain since. You know, if we want to be a naturally supernatural people, We need to be a people who are listening for God to speak to us and who are ready to do whatever he tells us to do. You know, that young man took the bother of coming all the way out to the church to pray with me. And I tell you, I am eternally grateful because when I get on a plane now, I don't suffer with any pain. God wants all of us to be open to his leading. You know, I believe that God wants to talk far more than we imagine. You know, we need to cultivate an attitude where we're listening. You know, there are many things that are pushing in on our time. There are many circumstances that will push in and take our concentration or take our attention And we need to cultivate an atmosphere in us, a spirit within us, that is not only seeing what's going on around us, but is hearing what God is saying about what's going on around us. You know, I believe that God is speaking far more than we could imagine. Far more than any of us would even begin to think. A while back, I felt God said to me, you know, I speak more than you can imagine I do. Because I, I, I used to think it was God's voice was difficult to hear. You know, the quiet voice. You know, the still, small voice. God said to me one day, Tim, I don't speak that quietly. You just listen too far away. You know, if we draw near to God, he says he will draw near to us. I want to encourage you this morning. Draw nearer to God. Not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day. Draw nearer to him. Listen for his voice and do what he says. You know, I hear God talking to me all the time. You know, if I'm driving the car, I'm talking to God. If I'm walking down the street, I'm talking to God. If I'm uh, doing my shopping, I'm talking to God. Because I want God to use me in the same way that he used his disciples. I want to hear those stories coming out of England that we so often hear coming out of other nations. I want to encourage you Talk to God as often as you can find the space. Turn off the radio in the car sometimes and talk to God. Turn off the television and talk to God. You know, I've offended a few people recently. You know, I've gone into their house. Have you ever go into houses where the television's on all the time? The process doesn't happen in this part of town. But, you know, I go into houses and they start talking to you and they just mute the television. And they said, do you want a coffee, Tim? And I, I said, yes. And when they go out, I switch it off. <laughs> they come back in and they look. What's happened to the television? You know, it has an off button. You can switch it off. You can switch the radio off and listen to what God's saying. You know, and if you're a friend of mine on Facebook and you write your board, you know, just be very careful. <laughs> Because there's a few friends of mine on Facebook that wrote they were bored, got nothing to do today, and I wrote them something else back. Saying, well, you know, I'm sure God doesn't want you bored. Perhaps you better get on your knees and find out what he's saying about today for you. You know, God wants to do, here surprise you. You know, I heard about a guy called uh, George Whitfield." And he used to walk down the street, and just as he walked down the street, people fell on their knees and begged Jesus to come into their lives. You know, now I'm an evangelist, and I thought that would be a really good way of evangelizing. You know, you walk down Greenwich High Street, and, and you leave a people up, on their knees behind you. I thought, that's cool. I could run with that. Well, walk. <laughs> I walk down the street. And uh, to church. God said to me, well, you won't do it unless you start walking places. Because I drove everywhere. So I decided I'd walk to church on a Sunday morning. I walked to church. And just after I got into church, there's a commotion going at the back. And this lady said, looks forward. She says, it's all his fault. And she's pointing at me. I said, what's my fault, my dear? She said, it's your fault. I'm here. I said, pardon? She said, you walked past my house. I said, yes. She said, you know, this is the miracle. She said, you look so much like an angel. I had to follow you and see where you were going. You know, I'm looking out here. I see far more of you that look like angels, more like an angel than me. You know? Just imagine what God could do with you if he can take this guy and make him look like an angel. How much more could he do with you that's starting off so much better? She came to church. God spoke about her. She had some physical health problems. She got healed. And then she got saved. We need to be a people who are naturally supernatural. Creation's waiting for us to become that. Now, you might say, well, that's all right for you, Tim. But I want to tell you, it's not just for those of us who are called to full-time ministry. Let me let you into a secret. We're all called to full-time ministry. Just some of you have to work as well. You know, there are no part-time ministries. You know, when I was, uh, before I was full time, I would speak and I'd say, Well, I'm full time for the Lord, but it's just that I'd got a job as well. There are no part time believers. Acts 8, verse 9 and 10, we read about uh, a disciple named Ananias. It says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. And behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. Come in, lay hands on him, so that he might see and regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard about this many this man many times, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all those who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much Now, I want you to notice something from this passage. Ananias was not one of the apostles. Ananias had some questions about God's wisdom. You know, I wonder how many of us have had questions about God's wisdom. God says, do something, and then you say, but. You know, I often joke with my wife. I said, I'm glad I didn't have too much education, she says, I'm a reverse snob. I, you know, but I'm glad I didn't have too much education because you know I had a, a church at one time that was full of people with university degrees. God said something, they had 10 arguments. God said something to me, I had one which lasted about three seconds and then I said, okay God, over to you, I'll do it your way. You know, Ananias had an argument but he didn't allow that to stop him doing what God said. You know, now we've all heard of Paul, but we never hear another word about Ananias. He was just a man who was listening to God and was willing after he had had his argument to do what God said. You know, That's the most important thing we need to get hold of. We need to hear what God's saying and do what God's saying. You know, as a young Christian, I said to my youth leader, you know, I'm going to be the greatest man of God this world has ever seen. So he said, how's that? I said, well, I've noticed something about Christians. They all listen to God, but not many of them do what God says. And I said, I've determined that... I'm going to listen to God and do what he says when he says it and I determine within the next five years I'll be the greatest man of God this world has ever seen. Well, you know, that was 25 years ago and I'm not the greatest man of God this world has ever seen. But I do want to tell you, I still believe the principle is true. If we will listen to what God says and do what he tells us, then we will see Everything that this book says the Christian life is about happening in our lives. Ananias wasn't an apostle. He was just an ordinary believer who chose to hear God and do what God said. And when he did it, he released a man who wrote a bigger part of the New Testament into his kingdom. God wants ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you. Turn to the person on the other side and say, and you. God wants us to be an extraordinary people. But we need to realize that we need the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, we read it earlier. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. If we're to follow our master's footsteps, we have to recognize our need to be totally dependent on that anointing that baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit was sent that we might be a people of power. You know, sometimes I wonder whether he feels imprisoned in us. You know, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. You know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit wasn't so we could speak, just speak a few words in tongues. The baptism in the Holy Spirit wasn't so that we could bring nice words to the church. The baptism in the Holy Spirit was so that we might be a people who are clothed with power from on high. Not just full-time ministries, but all believers. Power to change people's lives. Power to provide whatever they need. Power to accomplish whatever task God has called us. You know, when God spoke to Moses, he said to him, tell them, I am has sent you. I am your provider. I am your healer. I am your protector. I am whatever you need me to be, whenever you need me to be it. Have you ever thought, you know, you get a tax bill through or an unexpected bill, have you ever thought about going down to the Thames and have some fishing? But that was God's answer for the disciples when they got an unexpected tax bill. Go fishing. They open up the fish and what's in it? The money to pay their tax. We need to be a people who hear him and do what he says. Sometimes that will seem ridiculous. I was in Uganda, and they told me if I went into the village where we were going that they would kill me. And I text my pastor, and I said, Pastor Derek, I've had a death threat. What shall I do? And they were having their service on the Sunday morning. He got a text message, and he looked at it, and he, and he, he said, we've prayed he said, and the church prayed for you. And they, God said that he'll send a big angel to protect you. Go on in. I text back very quickly and said, that's very easy for you to say sitting in England. <laughs> I said to Kim, you stop in the hotel. I'm going in. She said, I'm not stopping stop in here. I'm coming with you. I said, but what about our children? I said, I don't want them to be orphans. She said, I'm coming with you praise God for a wife like that you know we went in and this man met us at the edge of the village he had his hat on and that told us he was the head man of the village he had a staff in his hand he said this is my staff of authority he said I've heard that you have had death threats he said no one will touch you while I am with you you know what he was a Muslim God Raised up a Muslim man to protect a Christian. I think that's an amazing miracle. God is whatever we need him to be. He said to Moses, tell them I am sent you. He will give us whatever we need when we need it. Not 10 weeks beforehand. Not even two weeks beforehand. Yeah? We need to be the people that step out. And when we step out, God steps into our plan, his plan for our lives. And fulfills everything that he's called us to be. Creation is waiting for you to be those people. You know, Jesus was tired and weary, John 4. He arrives at this well. He sent his disciples into the town to get food. He's tired from his journey, and this woman comes to the well. And he asks her for a drink of water. And she immediately starts to lay into him. What are you doing asking me for a drink of water? You know, and I can't imagine that because I'm thinking the guy's exhausted. Give him a break. But Jesus isn't just talking this way. He's talking this way. And as he's talking to her, God's telling him things about her. So much so that she leaves her water pot behind and goes into the village and says to them, the men of the village, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. You know, God wants us to be open to his voice no matter what we're feeling like, no matter what's going on around us, no matter whether we're tired and weary, hungry and thirsty. He's looking for us to be a people who are listening and who are willing to do whatever he says. You know, Jesus walked away from that village victorious. I've seen revival take place. I wonder how often we miss what God wants us to do. I know I told Joseph about the the lady with the sheets. Did you tell that story here? Okay, I won't tell it. I'm running out of time. You know, I was at a conference, and uh, this lady came in on the last day of the conference, and she said, uh, gentlemen, if you wouldn't mind tomorrow morning, when you leave, before you leave, could you just fold your sheets and leave them outside the bedroom. And I thought, silly lady. Why does she want us to fold the sheets? Someone is having to unfold them to put them in the washing machine. So I'd left mine in a pile outside the room. And I looked down the corridor, and there were quite a few other piles. And I went into the last meeting, and I'm sitting in the last meeting, and God said to me, how can I trust you? to do great things for me if you can't even submit to the cleaning lady. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh. I got up and I'm running back to my room praying that the cleaning lady hasn't been to pick up the sheets. And I get back to there and there's my pile and I fold them as neatly as I can. I have to, Kim will tell you, I'm not a modern man. You know, folding sheets is not something I normally do so it took me a while I got. I can see some of you wives smiling. You've got husbands who aren't modern men as well, haven't you? Yeah. Some of you are nodding now. Now some of you are looking down because you don't want your husbands to know. <laughs> but uh, I folded them. I left them perfect, and uh, I went back to the, the meeting. I missed half the session. Two weeks later, I'm in a meeting like this, and this lady comes forward. This lady comes forward and uh, she's got cancer in her lungs and we're praying with her and God said to me, in my kingdom there's a new pair of lungs for this lady and because you folded the sheets, I will allow you to put your hand into my kingdom and reach in and give her a new pair of lungs. And I looked at this lady and I said, in God's kingdom, there's a new pair of lungs for you. So I said, here they are, have them. And she wasn't a believer and she looked at me as if I was completely loopy. And I closed the meeting and she was out the door and gone very quickly. 10 days later, the phone rings. She said, I've just been for a second scan. I had a full body scan where they discovered I had cancer in my lungs. I've just been for the second scan And targeting my lungs to see what treatment they're going to give me. And she said, uh, the consultant said, oh, there's a problem. And she said, what's that? He said, you don't have cancer in your lungs. She said, and then he said something that made me stand up and listen. She said, looking at the two scans, it doesn't even look like you have the same lungs. She had a new pair of lungs. I've told this story many places. On two occasions, guys came forward who were also at the conference, who also thought the cleaning lady was silly asking us to fold the sheets, who also didn't fold the sheets, left them in a pile, were back in the auditorium, and God also spoke to them and said, how can I trust you with great things if you won't fold your sheets for this lady? But both of them ignored the voice and didn't go back and fold their sheets. Now both of them were standing in front of me, crying, saying, what would God have allowed us to do if we had done what he said? I wonder how many opportunities I've missed because I've ignored what God said and did something different. You know, if we're going to draw near to God, we need to hear him. And do what he says. And as we do that, we will become the people that creation is waiting for us to become. The men and women who are clothed with power. Who walk down the street and people follow. Whose shadow falls on the sick and they get well. Who lay their hands on people and they recover. Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for religion, just coming to church. Church is important, but we're called to be believers full-time. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And signs are meant to follow believers. Amen? You know, God spoke to me just before we were worshipping. Let me just, just want to quickly pray for some of you. There's somebody here and you're suffering with dizziness. If you, when I give these words out, if you know it's you, just stand up where you are. Sometimes if you get up quickly, you find yourself dizzy and losing your balance. There's somebody else here, you've got a problem with your heart valve. One of the valves in your heart is giving you problems. If that's you, just stand up. There's a lady who's recently found some lumps that she's disturbed about. If that's you, just stand up. Uh, There's somebody else here. You've got problems with your hips and they're causing you discomfort. You find it difficult walking sometimes. When you've been laying for a long period of time, you get up, you find your hips are causing you some pain, and discomfort. There's someone else You've, I think you're Emmy, but you know, you're know you feeling incredibly fatigued at times, You know, unnaturally, so you feel just worn out and tired. That's you, just stand up. Somebody else recently, you've had a diagnosis of cancer. I don't know what sort of cancer it is, but that, if that's you, just stand up where you are. And there's a man here, and, and you've got, like, the only way I can describe it, it's like toothache, but it's in your groin. It's, oh, uh, well. Ladies, closure is it's in your testicles. You feel like they're just painful, or, you know, just a, a low level pain. If that's you, just stand up where you are. Okay. If you're st- stood near somebody, if you're, if you're sat near somebody who's standing, just reach your hands out towards them, will you? Let's just pray with these people. Lord Jesus, Lord, we just speak to each of these bodies that is represented here by these folks standing, Lord. Lord, we speak to their bodies and we command health upon them in Jesus' name. Lord, your word says these signs will follow those that believe. We are believers. And in Jesus' name, we say to these sick bodies, be healthy be whole. We command them to come into line with God's word, which says that by his stripes they are healed, that he took their pain and their suffering on the cross. And in Jesus' name, we command every symptom to leave their bodies and for health and wholeness to flood through them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.